Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Matthew, chapter 22, beginning in verse 15. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. Then the Pharisees went and they plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. Have you ever seen that? They might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians. So we have the Pharisees and the Herodians. They sent to him their disciples. And they said, teacher... We know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Now tell us in verse 17, what do you think? They asked Jesus. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Man, look at the Sunday school Jesus. I like Jesus. He just tells it like it is. You're not trying to be all, why do you test me, you not so nice people? He says, why do you test me, you hypocrite? The word hypocrite, by the way, means a mask wearer. It actually speaks of two-facedness. Comes from the theater. Back in the Greek days, they would put up a mask. Like if they were happy, they put up a mask. If they were sad and performing, they put up a mask. They call those hypocrites. So actors were hypocrites. Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. So Jesus said, you bunch of actors, why do you test me? Show me the money. I mean, show me. (laughs) Look, it's in the Bible, people. Show me the tax money. And so they brought him a denarius and he said to them, whose image is on this inscription? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, well, then render therefore to Caesar, underline, highlight, circle, remember, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God, what saints, the things that are God's. And when they heard these words, they marveled how sad and they left him and they went their way. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Keep in mind now, if you haven't been with us, We are in the final week in the life of our Lord. The final week in the life of Jesus, the final week in the ministry of Jesus, it's Passover week. And if you've missed any of the teachings, you can certainly get the CD of them. But we've been talking about the fact that at this point in chapter 22, Jesus is in the temple and he's teaching and he's preaching. And these religious leaders, they came to him and they said, By what authority do you do the things that you're doing? 
who gave you the right to do the things that you're doing? Now, the things that they're referring to are is the turning over of the tables in the temple. You remember. And they, Jesus came in there and made a whip and he started turning over the tables and whipping the, you know, tables and, the, you know, cracking the whip. And he says, get out of my father's house. Don't make my father's house a den of thieves. My father's house is to be a house of prayer. And when he said that, Jesus stirred up a commotion. He stirred up such a commotion that a lot of people began to gather in the temple area. And while people are gathered in the temple area, remember I told you that whenever people are gathered around, Jesus is going to have a Bible study. Search the scriptures. People gather, Jesus teaches. So he's teaching and preaching in the area of the temple. The Pharisees come to him and say, who gave you the authority to do this? And instead of answering that question, if you've been with us, you know, instead of Jesus answering their question, he asked them a question concerning the baptism of John the Baptist, of which they could not answer. Oh, take that back. Of which they would not answer. And then Jesus went on to tell them a parable. And Jesus, remember we talked about, he, he pictures for them three parables pointing to his authority. He says, number one, I have the authority of the father. Number two, I have the authority of the son. And then lastly, we talked about it last week. He said, my authority comes from the Holy Spirit. And when he finished speaking, they were speechless. I get the impression Jesus gave him a one, two, three knockout punch. And while they're still reeling and swooning from the punch, Verse 15, notice the Pharisees went and they launched a plan B. They had a secret meeting to plot how they might trap Jesus. Now, Luke chapter 20 and actually Mark chapter 12 are parallel accounts of this same story. So you can read that in your own time. But in Luke chapter 20, it tells us that the Pharisees and the Herodians watched him And get this, they sent spies to listen to his every word to trap him. You see, you look, put the other gospels together, you get kind of a fuller picture. Can you imagine? These guys are so threatened by Jesus that they sent spies, pretenders, maybe to hang out with them. Yeah, Jesus, we're here, man. We're with you. Yeah, we're one of your disciples. You know, we're one of your homies, Jesus. We're with you. Meanwhile, they're taking notes and taping everything he says. What was that, Jesus? Say it again. They send spies to to, to gather his every word. And the sad thing is, Jesus' words didn't cause them to repent. We know it caused them to harden their hearts even more. So we have the Pharisees and this kind of new group in the book of Matthew, the Herodians. Who are these people? Well, the Pharisees, if you're taking notes, you know, I encourage you to do so. The Pharisees were a strict separatist sect of Jews who were totally, completely opposed to Roman rule. And the Herodians, they gladly cooperated with Rome. The Herodians were not like a sect of Judaism, The Herodians were more political and they wanted to and gladly cooperated with Rome. The Pharisees were the right wing conservatives who hated Jesus 
because he was upsetting their religious agenda. The Herodians were the left-wing radicals who hated Jesus because he was a threat to their political arrangement. So what do we have here? We got these two groups of people. Now get this. We have these two groups of people, the Pharisees and the Herodians, who never got along. They hated each other. They couldn't agree on anything. They never got along, and yet it is interesting, when it comes to the common purpose of hating Jesus, they're best friends. Isn't that true? It's true today. What was true then, nothing new under the sun. It's true, to, true, to the, true today, what was true then. You know, people, they don't like Jesus, and there's many, many groups today who don't like each other. But when it comes to hating Jesus or coming against Christians, guess what? Oh, yeah, we can work together. We're them best friends. You know, I've seen it myself. You know, believe it or not, and believe it or not, and I know this, this will shock you, but, but believe it or not, there, there are people in the world who don't like me. No, I know, hold on. I know, I know don't have a heart attack now. I understand. Don't. Believe it or not, though, there are people who, who, who don't like me. And, 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 and I've seen people who, who don't like each other. I've seen it happen, even in my own life and in my own ministry. They've come to me, Pastor Ronnie, well, you know, I've got a grievance with this person. Yeah, well, you need to go to them, Matthew 18. And the other person comes to me, Pastor Ronnie, I've got a grievance with that person. Yeah, well, you need to go to them, Matthew 18. And then, you know, well, we don't like each other, and I know that. And then all of a sudden, I don't know. But somehow, you know, when they have a common purpose, you know, all of a sudden they're best friends. All of a sudden they agree together and they're hanging out together and, and, and they're best friends. Well, here we have the Pharisees and the Herodians who were opposed to one another, but they joined together in opposition toward Jesus. And they are trying to trap him, notice, with their question. And so they conspire to trap him in his words. And they ask him a question. They said, Jesus, is it lawful to pay the taxes to Caesar or not? And see, they thought they had him. They thought they had him in a dilemma, see, because if Jesus said, yes, pay Caesar, they would accuse him of being an idolater. If he said no, they would turn him over to the Roman government because he'd be guilty of treason. So from a fleshly, earthly, human perspective, Jesus is stuck between a rock and a hard place. But don't you know, Jesus is smart. I love it when people come to him and they like to ask him questions and they think, yeah, we got him now. And what happens? Look at verse 18 in your Bibles again. Jesus could see right through them. Did you notice he said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? You see, Jesus knew their hearts. You know, someone once said you can fool all the people some of the time and you can fool some of the people all of the, all the time, but you can't fool Jesus anytime. Say amen, saints. You can't fool him anytime. Why? Because he sees through you like glass. And I'm amazed how many people think they're hiding stuff from Jesus. That's why, you know, the best thing for you to do is, is talk to him and tell him your heart and be truthful and honest with him. Because he see, you know, we think we're keeping something from him just because we don't say it. You know, well, it's in my mind. I'm not going to say it. Because if I say it, he'll hear me. He knows anyway. You know, Hebrews chapter 4. 
verse 13, it says, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. In other words, God sees you and me like glass. So he said, why do you test me? And then notice, did you notice in verse 16? Did you notice how they sought to butter him up before they began to test him? Did you see that in verse 16? They're just trying to butter him up with flattery. They said, teacher, we know. And, I, you know, they probably had all the, you know, the buttery, buttery talk. Buttery talk, you know. Oh, teacher. Oh, Jesus. We know you're true. We know that you teach the way of God and truth. And we know, Jesus, that you don't care for people. You have no respecter of person. Oh, yes, we know. Remember, these are the spies. You see, flattery. Saints, watch out for flattery. You know, you got to be, you know, compliments are one thing. When you take it to the point of just buttery, syrupy, flowing flattery, that's getting kind of strange. You know, if you start flattering, you know, I got to kind of watch my back here. And, you know, I don't know what you want. Watch out for flattery. You know, the Bible tells us that. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 28. If you're taking notes, a lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it and and a flattering mouth works ruin. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 5. Man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. You got to watch out for flattery. You know, when I think of flattery, I think of Samson. You remember Samson in the Bible? I mean, think about it. What the armies of the Philistines could not do, a flattering woman could do. I'll say it again in case you were asleep. What the armies of the Philistines could not do, one flattering woman could do. Fellas. Holly, if you hear me. (laughs) Come on. Oh, Sammy. Sammy, baby. Your biceps. Your triceps. Your traps. Oh, you look so amazing. You, you, You bench four times your body weight. Oh, Sammy, you have 0% body fat. Oh, Sammy, where did you get all that strength? And what happened? He melt like butter. Putty in her hands. Beware of flattery. You know, according to Hindu law, true, according to Hindu law, lying is only justified in two cases. In saving a person's life and in paying a compliment to a lady. (laughs) So your wife says, honey, do I look fat in this dress? (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. That's acceptable. Fellas. Lying, flattery, watch out for that. Well, they're seeking to flatter Jesus in our text. And they ask the question, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? 
And Jesus said, did you notice in verse 19? Show me the tax money. You see that? And what did they do? They handed him a coin. Now, understand something very important. The coin was a denarius. And on the front of the denarius was a picture of Caesar. And the inscription, inscription was written, Caesar, son of the divine Augustus, on the front. Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. Or in other words, Caesar, you are God. Okay? On the back of the denarius was written, Pontiff Maximus, or chief priest. So you got to understand something here. This is an issue for the Jewish people because to the Jews, the stamp on the denarius was blasphemous. Remember, the Lord said, you shall have no other gods before me. There is one God. There's one God in the Jewish mind. There is one God. Even when a Jewish mommy was pregnant and she'd have a little Jewish baby in her stomach. She would sit in a rocking chair or her nowadays glider rocker. And she'd rub her belly and she'd say, the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God is one God. Even in the womb, mommies would tell their babies that there's one God. So you got to understand something. This is insulting. This is, uh, this is idolatry for a Jew to take the denarius and to pay their taxes. You see, so they're trying to set Jesus up in this lose-lose kind of situation. And so to the Jew, that, that, that's, that's blasphemous. And so the Jewish people, they hated the idea of using this coin to pay the taxes. But Jesus, did you notice, he masterfully, and, and this is what I love about Jesus, the wisdom of God. Jesus masterfully responds by taking a political question and he turns it to principle. Jesus takes the coin. He probably holds it up. You could probably hear a pin drop. And he said, whose picture's on this coin? Well, they said Caesar. And he said, well, then if Caesar's picture's on it, then it belongs to Caesar. Give the man his money. Whatever belongs to Caesar, you should give back to Caesar. And then he said, and whatever belongs to God, give back to God. Jesus says, without saying, pay Caesar the tax. He says that really without saying it. And Jesus would say to us, as hard as this is to digest, you know where I'm going. (laughs) People, pay your taxes. Pay Uncle Sam. There are a lot of people, believe it or not, I think this is probably one of those radio broadcasts, I'll get some emails. There are a lot of people who do not believe that we Christians should pay taxes. A lot. And they use this text to kind of prove their case. They say, Jesus is teaching, there is Caesar's realm, this is what they say. Jesus is teaching that there is Caesar's realm, and there's God's realm. Some things belong to Caesar, and the secular world, and some things belong to God and the sacred world. And they say there's a division. Well, that might sound nice. It might even sound like it makes sense. But can I tell you, boldly, it's not biblical. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that we are in the world, but not of the world. 
And as long as we are in this world, then God expects us, listen, saints, as long as we are in this world, God expects us to be law-abiding citizens. It's in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Peter says, therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Why are you to be a law-abiding citizen? For the Lord's sake. Because it's a good witness to the Lord. It's a good testimony to the Lord. Doesn't it sound terrible when you hear on the news that a Christian or a preacher or a pastor was arrested for some? It just, I mean, it happens every day. WRAL, News 17, NBC, whoever they are. I mean, they wouldn't have a job if it weren't for the news. So there's news about arrest and people breaking the law every day of the week. But doesn't it sound a little more um, poignant and impacting when you hear a Christian or a minister was arrested for whatever fill in the blank? Yeah. Why? Because it's a poor testimony to the Lord. That's why. It's not that they're not human. It's not that they're not men or they're not women. They're people just like you and just like me. The difference is they're Christians. And when something like that happens, then it's a poor testimony to the Lord. That's why Peter says, and mind you now, Peter is writing this in the days of the megalomaniac Nero. Nero was sick. That man had problems, he had issues. And and he persecuted Christians and persecuted the church and persecuted anything that was of God. And one of my favorite martyrs is Polycarp. And all of that was during the reign of Nero. So you say, now, wait a minute, Rodney. How are we going to obey the laws of the Lamb when they're wrong, when they're evil? Yeah, I understand that. But God says to do it. And the reign of Nero was absolutely worse than what is going on in Washington, D.C. today. You got to understand that. So the Lord says to obey the laws of the land for the Lord, every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. Yes, as Christians, we are expected to be law-abiding citizens. Turn to Romans, if you will, with me. We're going to leave Matthew, and we're going to go over to Romans chapter 13. And this is where we'll stay for the rest of the morning. Romans chapter 13, talking about obeying the laws of the land. Romans chapter 13. Turn there quickly. Let me hear those pages turning. Turn quickly. Romans chapter 13. Now listen at this. Paul gives us two reasons. If you're taking notes, you write these down. Paul gives us two reasons why Christians should obey governmental authority. Two reasons. Number one, for wrath's sake. You'll find that in verses one through four. And then secondly, for conscience sake. You'll find that in verses five through seven. So look at it with me, if you will. Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse one, saints, if you're with me, say amen. Let every soul circle that, that's every person, everybody. Hey, that's Christians and non-Christians. That's every human. Be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by who, saints? God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists the ordinance of who? God. 
And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to, to good works, but to evil. You see, rulers are not a terror to good, do what is right. Do what is right. They're not a terror to good works, but to people who do what is wrong. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Question. Well, then do the right thing. Do what is good and you'll have praise from the same. For he is he, the authority, the police officer is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain for he is. There it is again. God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but here it is also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes for they are. There it is again. God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.